Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. All right, so let's, let's just get moving on the message today, all right? So we've been in a series called Becoming. It's a, it's a, it's a series about spiritual formation, about becoming like Jesus. Uh, Romans chapter 8 says, For those God foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So in other words, God foreknew you. He knew about you before you were born. You've always been on on his mind. Uh, He predestined you to be conformed to the image of Jesus. In other words, you've always been in his plan. If you ask, what's the will of God for my life? You ever ask that question? Well, the main answer is to be like Jesus. And he's committed to making you that way. It's not all on you. That's good news, right? It is for me. Um, it's not all on us. It's, it's his work in us. But it requires our partnership to work, right? And so that's what this series is about. Robert Mulholland wrote a book called Invitation to a Journey. And I've been quoting it a whole lot. But he defines spiritual formation this way. He says, it's the process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. And if you've been for the last few weeks, we've been talking about what that looks like. Like, what does it even mean to be formed into the image of Christ? We talked about the six stages of spiritual development, and we've talked about what, the, what is the roadmap to get there. And Christian gave this awesome message. Go back and listen to it a few weeks ago, a week before Easter, I think. Or the week, yeah, week before Easter. He talks about living this unhurried life. How many know it's really hard to walk with your rabbi if he's walking and you're running? It's hard to become like Jesus if you're not walking with him. You're always running ahead of him or just scattered. You know, the the thing that would trigger most of us about Jesus, if we could walk with him today, is how slow he was. I mean, he just stopped. What are we doing? Are we here? Like the disciples are like, when are we going to eat? Because Jesus is still talking to these people over here. It reminds you when you're a kid, and why does mom talk every Sunday after church? I just get in the car. I'm hungry. I want McDonald's. Jesus is slow. He's generationally minded. Now that doesn't mean he wasn't urgent, but he he didn't get all work. He didn't get all upset about being somewhere at a certain. Listen, he had a plan, and his plan was the person in front of him. And you can't live a hurried life and really become like Jesus. So learning how to strip our lives down to just what really matters is really important. And that's a great message Christian brought. And then last week I talked about prayer and just more, more specifically becoming a people of prayer, becoming a house of prayer. And what is prayer even about? Go listen to that message last week. Today I want to talk about this. I want to talk about reading scripture, reading the Bible, okay? But more specifically, let me word it this way, encountering the word of God, encountering the word of God. Hebrews 4, verse 12, you got a Bible, it'll be on the screen. This is real familiar. We know this verse. By the way, everything I'm going to say today is probably not new to you unless you're a new Christian. But how many know it doesn't matter what we know? If we're not doing it right. And so that's the whole point of this today is tools to help you maybe do a little bit better at 
getting in the word and encountering the word than you are, maybe just walking it out. Because I know sometimes we can we can talk a lot about this stuff and just not do it. And that's not cool, is it? Like we're never going to be like Jesus if we're just talking about being like Jesus and not actually walking with him. And part of walking with him is encountering him through his word. All right. So Hebrews 4, 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active. Everybody say alive Alive. and active. active. So the word of God, the Bible, scripture, first of all, bunch of authors through a lot of time of history, we have the Bible. Divinely inspired, it's authoritative in its original text, that thing. I mean, it is the word of God that God has given us as a gift as a revelation of who, of who he is. So that we can have a revelation of who Jesus is, a revelation of who we are, and what it means to follow Jesus. And when we read the Gospels, we see this life that Jesus lived, not just model for us, but now that we have Holy Spirit living inside of us, he actually empowers us to live the word and live the life that Jesus lived. All right, and so... It's living and it's active. You might think you're just holding paper. You might think you're just holding a phone with a version Bible app on it. But there's, there is a, a living and active thing to the word of God. That it's living and it's active because it gets life in you if you let it. So there are places of your life, and I'm telling you, there are, there are struggles in your life right now. There are places in your life that seem dead. And the Word of God is the antidote for that. And I've never believed this more than I do right now. Because of what God's doing in my own heart through the Word and through prayer. But we're reading not for information. You know... Most of our most of what we do on a daily basis is we're reading something like even if it's social media, like we're going down, we're reading. We are ingesting more information than any other generation ever. Am I right? But we don't read the Bible just for information. How many know we are to learn? Right. But if we're not letting it transform us, then we're not doing it right. All right, so I can know how many have known somebody who knew a whole lot of Bible but didn't look a whole lot like Jesus. So it is possible to know it without walking it. So I'm not reading it for information. I'm, walk, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it for, for transformation. All right, one of the things I love that's happening right now, I think Autumn gave reference to it a while ago. There is a group of college students, they're meeting like 6 a.m. every morning, going through the whole Bible in 10 weeks. Like, what in the world, right? And that's amazing. That's like a hunger thing. And I want you to, I want you to think of that as like a I, taking in. Can you imagine taking in the whole Bible in 10 weeks? And what you would see? Like, just like you're, you're literally taking the whole trip through, right? And then there's another side to reading the Bible. I'm, I mean, well, I'll just stay on this side. I'm in a yearly Bible pl- reading plan right now. Have you done that before? I'm seeing things I've never seen before just because I'm sticking with it and sticking with a plan and a process and seeing the whole picture. This is distance. Everybody say distance. 
so I can read the Bible for distance. So I, I liken it like this. Who, who are my rock skippers? Who's really good at that? Dan, you know you're good at skipping rocks. But like you just get it just right. And you're one, two, three, four, five. Yes, you know, like, and you want to see how far you can go. And that's one way of reading the Bible. And that's a good way, right? It's a good way. There's another way of reading for depth. So there's distance and depth. And instead of skipping the rocks and see how far I can get, I'm looking down into the water. And I'm looking at the nuggets and the treasure that's actually in the depths. And so it's not distance versus depth. It's distance and depth. And that's what I want to get at this morning. Because some of you people who got to have like a plan and like you, I'm going to set you free this morning from that. But at some of y'all that are like stuck in the whole devotional book thing, I want to set you free from that. And I want to challenge both sides. This is a both and kind of place, right? But both and kind of guy. So there's, there's nothing wrong with, with distance. What distance gets you is the big picture and context. If I don't have a context, I, don't, I can't understand it. I can't understand the Bible. I got to take in large chunks of Scripture. And that ought to be a habit in our lives. Taking in big chunks of Scripture. Just so we get the big context. And then there's this other side. And, um, you know, I, I love de- devotional books. Y'all, y'all got those? Basically what devotional reading is is it gives you a little verse on the top of the page, usually with some flowery stuff on the, you know. And then it's got a paragraph where someone is talking about it or a prayer or something like that, or rewording what that verse says. Nothing wrong with that, but if that's all I'm getting, then I'm taking, I'm taking a little hors d'oeuvre a day out of the context of where the hors d'oeuvre is supposed to be. Do you see what I'm saying? I love devotional Bible reading, but if that's all I'm getting, I'm not getting the meal. But if all I'm getting is this, I've got, man, I got, I'm on my streak with my Bible app. But if I'm not going deep, if I'm not focusing in and zooming in, then I'm missing out. Are y'all with me? So it's a both end. It's not a versus. It's a both end. So there's many different ways to read the Bible. They're all beneficial. They're all different methods. They're all great. They're for different purposes. There's devotional reading. There's that take the portion, really just lean into that. And then there's topical reading. There's this thing of maybe, and this is what these apps are so cool about is because if I'm feeling like not so peaceful, I can search peace in the app and there's every Bible verse that has to do with peace right there. And so that's topical. It's like if I want to lean into a topic, if I want to go deeper into a certain topic, then that, the, that's a great way to study the Bible. And then there's the chapter by chapter uh, reading, which is an excellent way to get this comprehensive understanding of the Bible. I look at it this way. If I was like a botanist, you know what a botanist is? Somebody who studies plants. Like if I wanted to study this one plant that grew in this certain forest in this particular continent, that would be like that in-depth thing. Like I am focused in, like this is my life's work to study this plant, right? But if I never go to the map and get on the plane to actually go, I'll never get there. I'll never be able to study it. Does that make sense? Like you, you got to 
come at it in the big picture and get down to the, Nacho Libre was at the nitty gritty, you know, like you got to get down, you got to do both. And so the, the fourth thing, and this is something that's been really, really good in my life, really, really, the Lord's used it in my life a lot lately. It's something called Lectio Divina. And it's just a way of reading scripture slowly, meditatively, that allows the scripture, not just for you to read the scripture, but the scripture to read you. And the, because the word of God is living and active. It is, I didn't ever finish that verse, did I? Nobody called me on that. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, that'll make you either want to read the Bible or not read the Bible, right? That's scary, you know. Or if, but if I'm going to be like Jesus... There is an instrument of surgery that needs to be applied to my life, and that is the Word of God. And I'll tell you this, if when I read the Bible sometimes, there'll be some parts in there I forgot were in there, and I'm like, you know what? I don't even like that. You ever done that? You ever, some of y'all are so spiritual you wouldn't raise your hand for this. But like you read the Bible and you're offended. Like I get offended by the Bible all the time. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do with that. Like, that causes more questions than ever. Like, Jesus, why did you have to tell him that? Like, it just sounds harsh, you know, or, or whatever. Like, you better get used to being offended if you're going to walk in the kingdom. It's just what you do with offense. You can't walk around it. You don't pride yourself over it. You got to go low. You got to go under it. And so this is just a great way to either be miserable or grow in Christ, okay? So... <laughs> So, uh, Lectio Divina, it's just a word that means divine reading. And um, I've really simplified this. It, it can get kind of complicated. I'm just going to make it real simple. <laughs> Where are my simple people at? I like meat, potatoes, and a roll. Like, just, I don't know about this brunchy stuff y'all doing. <laughs> Give me an egg, some bacon, and some toast. I'm good. Um, so, I want you to do this. Pull that Philippians uh, scripture up right there. This is Philippians 2, 14 through 15. And what we're going to do is just going to walk through it, okay? Using this letting scripture read us method, all right? So number one is stop. <laughs> so I'm, I love to put my audio Bible on and just go down the road and just listen. Um, but sometimes, and that's good for distance stuff, but when we're going deep and we're letting the word read us, sometimes you just need to be still. You just need to be still and know that I'm God. Right? We got to be still and realize, okay, my life is not for me. It's actually a part of something bigger. And I'm becoming like Jesus. And in order to be like him, I just need to be with him. Right? And so just being still, just stopping and can I just set you free from this? It don't have to look like a certain thing. I used to think that my, my, my time with Jesus had to look a certain way. And it, but it, it really doesn't. It's just as long as I'm being still and knowing. Okay? And so, yes, I can go on the go sometimes and he's not mad at me. He's not mad at you when you 
wake up late and you're trying to just get to work and you put on the Bible app and listen to it on the way, that doesn't change the way he feels about you. Like some of y'all don't believe that. You're like, wait a minute. No, like I think a lot of times we think God's beating us up. It's just us beating ourselves up. Um, any step you take in, in your walk with God, it's like yesterday I was at a birthday party and a little girl was there and I don't think she'd ever walked or stood up by herself yet. And she just goes like this and like biggest smile and just like, look at me. And then she falls down and everybody cheers. And sometimes we think that our steps toward God, God's like, you can't do no better than that. Just sit down. You know, he's, he's a good father. Why don't we act like he's some monster or something? Like, that's what religion has taught us to do. He's cheering you on every step you take. He's like, I'm so proud of you. And maybe a renewal of the mind thing is what we need more than anything else when it comes to this stuff. But just stop whatever it looks like and be with him. All right. And then the second one is this. Read. <laughs> I told you it was simple, right? Just read it. But do like John Wesley said. Approach scripture with the intent to obey. With the intent to obey. So let's do this. Let's just stop for just a second. Maybe close your eyes. That's helpful sometimes for me. Maybe take a deep breath and just clear your lungs out. And sometimes it just helps me to think, he's here. And all my problems don't go away, but sometimes it gets lighter when I just realize Jesus is here. So when I, when I open the Bible, knowing that I'm encountering the word of the living God, there's nothing like his presence and his spirit on that, that that's what changes us. So we invite him, we acknowledge his presence, and then number two, we read so I want us to read this together. And I, I normally do it like this. I, I get in a place where I can read it out loud. And if you can't, that's okay too. But I, I read it to myself. So I want you to just read that verse to yourself right there. Philippians 2. Read it slow. Okay, now let's read it out loud together, okay? Ready? Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Now let's read it again and just take it in little chunks. And I want us to really just Think and just let these words, almost like you're eating a meal. I, we were eating with somebody the other day, and I'm a fast eater. How many fast eaters I got? It was shrimp and grits. Who's not going to just gobble it up? But anyway, uh, there was a guy sitting across the table from me. We were eating the exact same thing, 
and I realize I'm just like tearing it up. And he's taking small bites and enjoying it. And like so methodical about it. He started on one side of the plate. He's probably listening. Is, are you in the room? No, I don't think he's here. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so like ate one side of the plate and like there's a, a perfect line. And I'm like, man, I need to do this more. Like that was an encounter. That supper was an encounter for me. It's like God's like, take your time. Like quit rushing through. Enjoy it. It's a gift. Shrimp and grits is a gift, y'all. Come on. So we do this with the Word of God. We just take our time. Like, just take it like you're tasting every word. Now, let's read it like that. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives. As children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Does that mean more the third time than it did the first time? It's because you're meditating on it. Meditation is not, it's letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So number three, process. Just process it. So immediately, I just want to ask you this. What jumped off of this wall to you? I would say the page, but it's on the wall. So what jumps off the page to you? Somebody tell me what just the thing that's, that you just can't get out of your mind after reading that. Everything. What would you say? The, yeah. Everything. Everything. What else? It was written forever ago, and it's very today. Right. But what word, what word or phrase really just sticks out? Bright lights. Children. Innocent, without complaining. And see, there's different, there's different lenses that we're all seeing this through, right? And so for some of us, we can actually come to the Bible with a lens of pain. And if we're not careful, that's where offense can set in. Offense at God, offense with the word. And so what, what we want to do is we want to say, we want to notice those things. Like when we, when we see that word, do everything without complaining and arguing, for some of us, that might, that complaining, arguing, oh man, there was just, there's an unsettledness. And for some of us, it might be, well, I do that. I do that a lot. Like I complain, I kind of complain about everything. And, and, and part of that is we want, to, what we want to do when that happens, when we're reading the word is we want to just keep moving, keep moving, you know. But if we're letting the word transform us, we don't need to move on right there. Because if we feel that, there's something there we need to stay with. And so uh, for, for some of us that if, if complaining and arguing comes, was the thing that stood out, it might have had a face attached to it. 
That's an invitation. Don't run. Don't run. Just keep on with your Bible study so you can make that little checkbox on your Bible. Like, stop. Why am I thinking about other people when I'm reading the Bible? About and why am I? Why am I all? Why is the first thing I see negativity in other people? Like, what is this in me? Maybe I see it in them because it's the thing I'm afraid of in me. And like, I don't know. I don't know why these things happen. That's between you and the Lord. And that's what this is about. So number four is talk. Talk to God about it. Ask him the questions. If, if you came here to bright lights, some of you, George said bright lights stuck out to him. Lord, what does it look like to be a bright light? Like, what do you say a bright light looks like? And you just meditate on that, you know? Like right now, I can't see some of you guys because of that bright light right there. And so a bright light can be in, it can be in a little bit of annoyance sometimes. If I'm a bright light, I might have some friends that might not like me as much anymore. You know? I mean, it's just processing with the Lord. Why am I so scared of what people think? Maybe I need to sit with that with Jesus for a little bit and invite him into that. Are y'all getting, are y'all with me? Like, I know this is tedious and this is like, but this is what transforms us. Well, I've been reading the Bible for 25 years and I'm not, you know, well, if you've read it like this, like, let it sink in, let it get down deep. And then number five, wait. So we're stopping, we're reading, we're processing, we're talking, and then we're waiting. One of the things, if you go to therapy or counseling, which I invite, I encourage you to do, um, I, I tell you what's exciting. I've had like two or three people in one week say, hey, would you recommend, what counselor or therapist would you recommend? Hey, God's doing something when that happens. Don't think just because, um, well... Don't be so spiritual. Jesus, Jesus gives us gifts. He gives us people. He gives us, you know, that's a common grace thing. God can use that in your life just like he's used it in my life. But one of the things that I've noticed in, in sessions that I've been in is sometimes it doesn't require you to say or process anything. Sometimes you just need to sit with something. And so my, my counselor said one time, Okay, let's go back to that right there. How do you feel? When you think about that, how do you feel about that? How do, how do you feel? I don't know. Just said it, you know, like, I don't want to talk about this. I want to move on, you know. But it's like, no, just sit there with it and acknowledge how you feel. Do you know how, much, how powerful that is? I think sometimes we want to run from our feelings so much or get caught up in all our emotions and be driven by them that, Maybe if we just sat and acknowledge that really hurts. And invite Jesus into it. Or, oh, gosh, like I read this and I just complained in the lobby about something. And now the preacher's calling me out. It's not me. It's the Bible. Okay. But now I feel shame. Well, what do I do with that shame? 
I go do something to make myself feel better, right? Well, you can if you don't want to be like Jesus. But if you want to be like Jesus, don't run from your shame. Bring your shame to him. Jesus, what is this? What do you say about this? What do you say about me? I was wrong. I complained. I have a complaining spirit, if I'm honest. I see the worst in everything before I see anything. And I need you to change me. And just waiting in that. Letting him transform you. And then, number six, walk. So stop, read, process, talk, wait, and walk. I've read the Bible for transformation with the intent to obey. So when I close my Bible, I'm not just checking a box. Now I have a job to do, yeah. right? So if it's complaining and arguing, I don't know why we're stuck on that, but like some of y'all need apparently. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so... If it's complaining and arguing that I've been processing with the Lord and he's trying to do something in me, then I need to be aware of that when I go to work. And when I or when I come out of my room with my wonderful time with the Lord, stay at home moms and you walk out and you see socks in the floor, you know, like why do they all, you know. Like you want to complain on your wife or your husband or your, you know, or your, you go to your work and you, there's plenty to complain about. There's plenty. There is plenty to complain about in this world. But now I'm looking at it through a new lens. Because I've sat in the word and I've let it dwell in me and I'm carrying it with me throughout the day. And so now I'm like, oh, I don't need to complain about that. What do I do instead? Oh, well, I pick it up. Or I, I become a solution to this problem instead of just complaining about it. Yeah. And it's just a different way. It's renewing the mind. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's changing the way we think. All right. So everybody say, stop, stop. Read, read, process, talk, talk. Wait, wait, and walk. walk. All right. And the results are, if I'm... There's no magic pill to the Christian life. If I'm faithful to do this, day in, day out, I can't help but not become like Jesus. Right? If, I, if I'm living my life where I, I'm not so hurried, I can't do this. And if I'm living my life where I'm becoming that house of prayer, where I'm becoming a, a person that, that is a conversational relationship with God, not just a five minutes a day. And if I take time to let the word transform me. I will be transformed into his likeness. And you think, well, becoming like Jesus seems like such a hard thing, maybe an unreachable thing. It's kind of simple. It really is. It's just doing it, right? Is this helpful? Uh, I just believe that the Lord wants to start some new rhythms in our life. And so maybe that's a conversation we have with him right now. Lord, what does this look like? So let's bow our heads and just ask him. Lord, what does this look like in our lives to be more hungry for your word, to be more intentional?
ideas are coming. They're probably Holy Spirit inspired. Just helping you out. And now we just don't know what to do, but now we ask the Lord, help me do that, Jesus. And before we go, I just want to give anybody an opportunity who's not put their faith in Jesus to do that right now. Jesus came and he he made a way for you. He took all your sin, all your failures on the cross, and he paid for them. And uh, this good father we've been talking about this morning has got his arms open wide to you. You don't have to work your way for him to love you or to like you and all that. Jesus did everything. He did everything. The only thing that's in your court, the ball's in your court when you just say, Jesus, I receive it. I repent of my sin and my life, doing it on my own. And I'm just coming to you. Not to clean my own life up, but to let you clean my life up. So make me a new creature. Make me a new creation. Just pray that prayer if you've never done it before. And community leaders, I'm going to ask you to come on up again. <laughs> again. And uh, just receive people for ministry. Let's all stand. And if you prayed that prayer this morning, if you want to give your life to Jesus, come talk to one of our community leaders up here afterwards. If you have a prayer need in your life, um, we see people healed a lot. So just come and, come and pray, come and receive prayer. And um, yeah, Jesus is good. He's so, so good. Let his word transform us this week. Amen. All right, so Lord, thank you for what you've done in this place. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for freedom from fear. Thank you, Lord, for just the hunger for your word that you're pouring out on your church. And um, yeah, change us. We love you. Amen. Y'all have a good week. See you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.